Hey, it's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. The social media uh, website and app, the social media operation Parler, coming out in support of President Trump's lawsuit against Facebook and Twitter, a tricky field uh, to work in legally because of Section 230, the way these social media giants operate, and, of course, the antitrust laws that have been brought to bear uh, in these challenges. So where does this suit stand? Parler support in what way and how far will this go? So let's turn to their chief policy officer, Amy Pykoff, who joins me now. Amy, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on, David. So let's dive in, starting with Section 230. All right. This is an, you know, something that needs to be updated, according to many policy and legal experts. So from the point of view of Section 230 and the immunity given to these uh, operations like Facebook and Twitter, how does Potter approach this? And given what happened to you with the Amazon servers, shutting you down, does that play into this? Yeah, I mean, I think the Amazon uh, deplatforming of Parler, which was unjust, you know, is an example of the sort of problem that people are trying to solve these days in various ways, including with the Trump lawsuit. But we could back up a little. The the core principle behind Section 230 existed in case law before that section was ever enacted. And the core principle is that there is such a thing as a platform, an online platform, that itself is not the speaker or the writer or the publisher of content, but instead just serves to facilitate the publishing by others of content. And so the legal liability that attaches to the content should go to the actual speaker, the writer, the user, the contributor, instead of the platform, unless you have reason to think that the platform had knowledge that there was something wrong about the content or did something to the content so that it's responsible for the content. So that's the core principle. The core principle is fine. And I actually agree with Justice Clarence Thomas that the section itself might not even need to be updated in order to solve the current problem. All you need to do is give it a narrower interpretation. Um, so that's where I'm coming at this problem. And then the, the issue is, how can you affect a solution to the problem that will result in the narrower interpretation without resulting in further government control and influence over big tech. That's the big issue right now. And I think Trump's lawsuit might be the vehicle to do it. Is this a case of a singular approach or maybe this approach only, or is there the need for a combined approach? Uh, There are antitrust uh, laws to be considered here when it comes to how these Uh, social media giants operate is one enough to get to that narrow definition or does it require more than one approach? You know, I can't say for sure that you would rule out everything with antitrust. What I wouldn't want to see is further legislation 
that ends up giving government more control over big tech. Because what are we seeing right now? Now, it happens to be the Democrats, right, this time. So we've got, you know, the Democrats in Congress haranguing the CEOs and telling them, oh, you have to remove more so-called hate, more so-called misinformation. And now we even had the Biden administration the last week, three different times, talking about the fact that they're going to dictate what is so-called misinformation and they expect these social media platforms to remove it or else, right? And they're threatening to do sorts of all sorts of things that government shouldn't have the power to do. Um, to me, if you get government more involved with social media, you are taking significant steps towards bringing Orwell's 1984 into reality. Social media disseminates information. It collects personal information. It's essentially the screens that you recall in 1984. And we don't want government controlling that, right? So we want to, everything that we do, we have to think about, is this going to increase government involvement in this in industry? Or is it going to, you know, maybe solve an existing problem without creating further entanglement between those two? What's the path to this uh you know what you mentioned earlier with justice thomas the case malware bites versus enigma uh mm -hmm. was cited there but what's the path to this within uh the approach with the approach of a narrower definition and application of section 230 yeah so so what thomas believes and i would tend to let's go ahead and give this a crack before we do anything else he believes that you can take the existing language and be clearer as to when a platform is either editing or helping to produce or otherwise perhaps even being a publisher with respect to certain pieces of content. And he would interpret Section 230 in a way that would allow you to look critically at even, you know, say algorithms that tend to remove from people's feeds certain content and tend to insert into feeds other pieces of content, give priority to some over the others, and start to actually hold the platforms accountable for the ways in which they manipulate the content itself. Right, and I understand that. But now the question is how do you get there? Not just the oh, path so, has yeah, to exist in lawsuit, law. Right? You, you, you have to get there somehow or you will not get that narrower definition. And, you know, just to a point you made there before you answer, uh, algorithms are written by people. Therefore, individuals, this, this, I think, is a distinction that needs to be made even in the argument in court. They use the, you know, the term algorithms, but in court, it's often defining what you're up against. And these are people making decisions, therefore people representing the corporation or corporation interests as they would in any corporation or widget manufacturer. But there has to be a legal path or this just is a ongoing discussion. Yes. And so, I mean, filing a lawsuit like what President Trump has done alleging that there is indeed state action involved in making these decisions. And so therefore these actors can be held accountable even under the first amendment of the constitution. This is something that should be hashed out in court by a judge or jury that is made 
uh, you know, acquainted with all of the facts, right? So there needs to be discovery to see what is going into this decision making, et cetera. And I think because Section 230 has been interpreted in an overbroad manner, there's been an inability even to call this stuff into the question and get discovery and see what the real facts of the case are. Um, I guess Amy Pikeoff, Chief Policy Officer at Parler. So let's take the Trump lawsuit for a moment, class action. And now you have what you mentioned before. And this, to me, is a even more scary and closer violation of the First Amendment. What the Biden administration stated, not just Jen Psaki, but now Biden himself and others, about misinformation and removing what they see as misinformation by offering suggestions to Facebook. That means that at some point, Facebook is now involved with government, taking advice from government on what is speech. They may be a private entity at Facebook, but government shouldn't have a role to play here. Does that factor into this as a class action lawsuit? Can this additional action be brought in? And do you think it would be effective? I mean, I would certainly bring it in, right? There's going to be opportunities in the future to, you know, augment the case that was already filed and as it's presented in court. If you look at the writings of Vivek Ramaswamy and also Jed Rubenfeld, they originally put a piece in the Wall Street Journal back in January. And I've been watching this space for a while. Um, He's recently talked about the Trump lawsuit and how he believes it could be better presented in the court, but that it has a real chance. So certainly if I was on the Trump team, I would just add this right in because it's a blatant, overt example that's, you know, been the subject of some ridicule by comedians such as J.P. Sears. It is so blatantly obvious that government is telling these platforms what to do, and they're doing it. Um, on the pain of threats of breaking them up, which, you know, mostly I don't think they should be able to do. You know, we could talk about antitrust a little bit more. I have some thoughts, but it's it's hard to say if that's right. Uh, but certainly removing Section 230 immunity entirely is not something that our legislators or our executive should have the right to do. And they're threatening these companies with that in order to get them to censor content. This is content that is perfectly legal. It's protected by the First Amendment. Government should not be able to censor it, nor should they be able to get businesses to do it on their behalf. You know, to the extent that even hate speech is protected speech, and it should be, Amy, I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. I'm a fan of moot court. In defense, if I were defending the Biden administration on this point, were this to be brought in on the class action lawsuit, I would, in this case, cite the First Amendment as it's written. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, abridging the freedom of speech, that key phrase there, I would put that in bold, or of the press. And Congress is a key word there in their defense. And I've spoken to some attorneys who said, you know, this is how I would defend it. Biden administration is different than Congress making a law. What do you say to that? I would say that insofar as the executives are deemed as acting within the scope of their authority that is granted by the Constitution or Congress, that you would go ahead and say that somehow 
you know, Congress has made a law that has allowed them to do this within the scope of their capacity. Because they're what's you know, the executive's job is to execute the laws. So under what authority of what law do they deem that they're acting? And then there is something there that's going on. Um, you know, you know, we talk about the chilling effect of executive action all the time. There's a bunch of government bureaucrats or people in the administration who say that they're acting under the authority of law. Whatever that law is, that's what we need to go after. Right. And in this case, I take your point. Again, plain devil's advocate, you look at this and you see how, which is, you know, how you go after a case and study to go for the win, uh, how they will defend it. Uh, You mentioned uh, going back to antitrust. You have some thoughts on that. What are your thoughts on antitrust? Because I look, I'm with you. I don't want government and more regulation, but we do have existing antitrust laws in past times. They've been used effectively, sometimes ineffectively. So what about antitrust? So so I'm a capitalist, right? And I don't actually think antitrust is a correct principle. So I'm really radical that way. Um, In this sort of case, I would see an exception uh, because the social media platforms, due to various benefits that they've received from government, probably have a much bigger market share than they would otherwise. And in the last, you know, year and a half or so with the lockdowns, we have seen a lot of these platforms, Amazon included, but also Facebook and Google, et cetera, uh, gain a huge amount in their bottom line and a lot more market share because we have all these people who have been in lockdown, captive, looking at their screens or stuck buying from Amazon because they can't shop anywhere else, et cetera. And so to the extent that you could use a very narrowly tailored antitrust suit, say, based on existing law as a surgical narrow remedy to some of what's going on, I could see doing that, right? We're, we're not in a free market. We're in a terribly mixed economy. And how we get from where we are to something that is better and not worse, it, it's a real challenge, right? And so you have to sometimes work with the tools that you have at your disposal. So if, and again, I'll let you answer my question is, are you thinking more in the Sherman Act component of antitrust, restraint of trade, monopolization, or attempted monopolization? Yeah, I mean, to, to me, the true monopolies, the only true monopolies are those that are given by government or helped by government. Otherwise, you let free market decide on these things. Again, I'm a real radical on those issues. So, you know, from my perspective, I would much rather see this handled by a private lawsuit looking at the particular action like the suit that Trump has filed. I really hope that it has a chance of going all the way up to the Supreme Court and that we can actually see that narrow or interpretation of 230 as a solution to these issues. Well, we will see. Lawfare is effective when used properly. Hopefully we get a good outcome. I'm a fan of competition uh, like you. I want, I've, I've, I've said clearly since the, since the advent of Facebook and other platforms that will be competition, technological advancements, new platforms uh, that come, on, come online out there that will provide the long-term solution, not the short-term political battles. But we'll see how it goes, Amy. Yeah, I'm following you on Parler. So come on back over there because really Parler is the future of free speech. All right. I'm already there. I've been there and I'll stay there. I I, Look, I'm on them all, Amy. I'm not leaving the battlefield. 
Not all of them. I'm no, on a I, lot I of them. No, I understand that too. I mean, I'm on I'm on Twitter, right? But Parler is the future of this, and it's yes, we need maybe a Trump lawsuit or something to handle the government involvement aspect of this. But once the market is freer, we let these alternative platforms. Parler, I think, is the best, of course, take over. Yeah, and by the way, you're entitled, and you should plug and plug and plug. So that's Parler.com. Come on over. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. I'll uh, follow this lawsuit as we have been since the beginning. But it'll be an interesting legal test uh, to see how this gets. There's got to be a pathway to the Supreme Court. If there's no pathway, it's just a discussion. And that's why we had Amy on to talk about this. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.